Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Living on the Fence, A True Dilemma. <laughs> Can't believe I forgot the name of my podcast, wow. <clears throat> so I never found my, mic my microphone adapter. So I'm not using a mic right now, but I'm hoping that um, my voice will come out decently and that any background um, sounds won't uh, be too disturbing. So just focus on the sound of my focus on the sound of my voice is what I'm trying to say. Just focus on the sound of my voice. Please. Thank you. So it's a new year, 2022, um, and I was gonna do an episode on setting goals and not self-sabotaging and whatnot, whatnot. But um, I don't know, it seemed kind of boring. So I decided to just get right into it and continue with my mental health series. Um, in episode two, I spoke about a third of my diagnosis, which was BPD, borderline personality disorder. And then in the previous episode, I spoke about the other third of my diagnosis, which was major depressive disorder, depression. And in this episode, I'm gonna be fit. <laughs> I'm going to be speaking about the last third of my diagnosis, which is generalized anxiety disorder, which is, um, yeah, it's an anxiety disorder, basically. Uh, this one was a bit difficult and it did take me some time to prepare. This is actually my second time shooting the episode because the first time I shot it, I listened to it and then I thought, no, this doesn't sound as good, as clear, as concise as I wanted to. So I'm hoping this time I will be able to get across what it is that I'm trying to say. So as I was saying, um, it did take some time to prepare for this one because um, anxiety, well, according to the internet, anxiety is the most common mental illness um, among adults. So it manifests itself very differently in people. And... <clears throat> I, I wanted to do more research on it, you know, instead of just um, chatting about my own experiences, I wanted to do a bit of research so that I could give you guys a bit of background on what anxiety actually is. And um, I discovered, well, not discovered, but I have noticed that um, there are a lot of um, mental health pages on Instagram that post a lot about anxiety. And while it's obviously good that, um, you know, people are talking about mental health more and more um, and, you know, it's becoming less taboo, um, some of these posts can be dangerous because they might make people think that there's something wrong with them because they experience anxiety, you know. So I thought it would be very good good to um, have a discussion over the difference between feeling anxious or experiencing anxiety and having an anxiety disorder. <clears throat> so think of it like a spectrum or a continuum, um, I don't know, where you have anxiety, um, which is a normal human emotion, right? And then it gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And then you get an anxiety disorder, which is on the other side of the spectrum, terrible. That's what you don't want to have, okay. So, um, yeah, I did a bit of research on um, anxiety and anxiety disorders. Uh, I've, been, I've been diagnosed with an anxiety disorder, generalized um, anxiety disorder, 
but there are a whole bunch of anxiety disorders. Um, let me just check. Uh, so there's GAD, generalized anxiety disorder, and then you get um, panic disorder where you have panic attacks, and then there are various phobia related disorders. So where you experience phobia, um, like agoraphobia, which is a fear of um, being out there, like um, social interactions, being around people, um, that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, there's a whole bunch, there's a whole bunch, like there are different types of anxiety disorders. And I'm not going to speak on all of them. As you guys know, I only ever speak about things that I've experienced. And I speak about things from my own point of view. So um, I thought it would be good to give a bit of background and then to also share um, what, it, what, what it's been like for me um, having an anxiety disorder so that um, in addition to just general knowledge, you can kind of have an idea um, from my example of what the difference between normal anxiety and um, an anxiety disorder are, is. Did I say difference or differences? is the difference yeah okay <laughs> you get it you get it so um yeah i hope that this is insightful um i wrote notes in my book but then i was also doing research for my phone so i might be jumping back and forth between my notebook and my phone really sorry about that i was a bit all over the place um but i really hope that <laughs> second time's a charm i hope this episode comes out as well as i wanted to Okay, cool. So let's get right into it. So dictionary.com defines anxiety as a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease about something with an uncertain outcome, right? So in life in general, we come across stressful situations all the time. You know, um, anything. Um, not anything, but um, yeah, we come across dreadful, stressful situations all the time. So starting a new job um, or going for a job interview, writing a test, uh, going out on a first date, um, walking alone uh, at night in an empty street. You know, these uh, situations can invoke stress or uh, feelings of anxiety. Um, and that's normal, right? Um, it's normal to... Uh, feel stressed when you are studying for an exam because you want to pass and you're worried that you'll fail and you're worried about the consequences if you fail so it's normal to feel worried um, it's normal to feel nervous before you go on a first date because you're interacting with someone you've never met before and what if they don't like you what if you realize that you don't like them perfectly normal you know perfectly normal to feel worry stress nervousness sometimes because um, that's what some situations evoke that's the emotion that they evoke and um, because anxiety is an emotion it passes right so it doesn't last forever just like all your other emotions like happiness sadness um, anger um, it comes and it goes you know a situation might um, evoke anxiety so uh, you're getting ready for a job interview and you're nervous, right? But then once you've had your interview, sorry, <laughs> I had the flu a few days ago. Once you've had your interview, 
um, the situation that was causing you to be stressed is gone. Therefore, you don't have a reason to be stressed anymore. And therefore, that feeling passes like any other feeling in the world, right? Emotions are um, fluid. No, not fluid. What's the word? Emotions are... Yeah, like waves, I guess. They come and they go. They don't you you don't stay angry forever. You don't stay sad forever. Heck, you don't even stay happy forever, you know. Emotions are temporary. And anxiety is an emotion, so it is also temporary, right? Cool. I hope that makes sense. So, um anxiety can be beneficial in certain situations, right? So, for instance, if you're walking alone at night um, in a street uh, as a woman, I guess men too, everyone, everyone, but you know, mostly women, everyone, ah, being politically correct, so annoying, um, <laughs> you feel scared, right, you, you will get this um, fear, like this kind of panic, and that feeling of anxiety will uh, put you on alert, right, to make you more aware of your surroundings. So you look around and uh, you make sure that nobody's following you. So that feeling of anxiety will prompt you to act um, in a way that will get rid of the source of anxiety. So uh, maybe you take out your pepper spray or maybe you call someone and stay on the phone with them until you get home or you walk faster or you keep looking around just to make sure that there's no one on the street with you, right? It prompts you to act so that um, you can protect yourself and you can get out of that situation where uh, the situation that's causing you stress. And even in other situations, um, when you feel stressed about um, an exam or a job interview, uh, that will prompt you to put in more work. So if you're feeling stressed that you might fail a course, um, that will make you want to work harder. So you will study more, you will work more, um, you will just put in more hours so that you can pass because you know you kind of have this um, fear of failure um, and that can be a driving force, you know, to make sure that you actually do good. Just like with the job interview, it will um, make you want to um, prepare more. With the first date, it will make you want to prepare more and stuff like that. So anxiety can be beneficial in certain situations because it helps you to um, approach the situation that's um, giving you anxiety um, in a productive way so that you can kind of get rid of that situation and then you're okay, right? So once the prompting event passes, so does the anxiety. You have no need to be anxious anymore. You've written your test, it's done. You've gotten your results, you passed, there's no need to be anxious anymore, so the anxiety is gone. So that's what I'm saying, it's normal to feel anxious every now and again, just like it's normal to feel sad every now and again, just like it's normal to get angry every now and again, you know, that's, it's a normal emotion. And um, a, another thing, um, anxiety also manifests itself physically, right, so you might experience sweaty hands or um, your muscles might tense up or um, your stomach might be in a knot or um, yeah you might become restless because um, you're anxious but that's just 
no, that's normal. You know, that's a normal um, manifestation of anxiety. You know, it affects it affects you both physically and um, emotionally, which is okay. These things happen. It's not a bad thing to be stressed. It's not a bad thing to worry. It's not a bad thing to be anxious. It's not a bad thing to be nervous because there are situations in our lives that prompt these feelings and that is how your body responds to them and that's okay. But like with all other emotions, they come and they go. Perfectly fine, perfectly normal. Right, okay. Okay, I quoted um, something and it says that normal levels of anxiety can be adaptive. So um, they help you to adapt to a certain situation, right, when you need to. So for instance, um, if you, you are, I don't know, somewhere in nature or whatever and then you see a wild animal coming towards you you will you know feel anxious or stressed or whatever and then you'll be prompted to act and to um do whatever you need to do to get away from that wild animal and can be helpful in your day-to-day -day functioning as i mentioned before it can help you to work harder to prepare more to just do what you need to do you know um in the situation okay so again anxiety is not necessarily a bad thing it's not a bad thing it's an emotion that you experience and it comes and it goes and that's that that's that. I hope that makes sense <laughs> all right cool so the issue starts to arise when you experience severe and persistent worry so just to repeat that severe so big really bad and persistent so always <laughs> um, that is disproportionate to the size or nature of the stressor so here's one thing about human beings that's great right um, normally you would have a proportionate response to the size of the stressor so for instance uh, your reaction when you're faced with a lion would be very different to your reaction when you're faced with a spider, right? With a lion, the stressor is much, much bigger and scarier. And obviously, you know, your reaction would be, you know, oh my goodness, I'm so afraid. I need to run and I need to get out of here right now. You know, your anxiety um, prompts you to act um, in a way that is proportionate to the stressor. So if you saw a lion, you wouldn't just stand there and, you know, try to shoo it away or try to step on it, like what you would do if you saw a spider. If you saw a spider, you'd just be like, oh, this is so annoying. Even if it bites, you know, you wouldn't be as scared of it as you would be a lion. You would just step on it and then um, the, the stressor is gone. It might, like, frighten you at first, like, oh, the spider. And then you'd be like, grab a shoe and then hit it. And then it's dead and that's the end of the stressor. But the lion, you know... You're thinking, okay, I need to get away from it. You know, now you're stressed. What if it catches me? What if it eats me? What do I do? Should I run in a zigzag? Should I climb up that tree? You know, so you're obviously more worried <laughs> when you see a lion versus when you see a spider, which is what I mean by, um, as humans, our reactions are normally proportionate to the size and the nature, the type of stressor, right? But 
when it gets to the point where um, you're, you're feeling worried or nervous or stressed um, excessively over something that doesn't warrant that much stress and anxiety and worry, then your reaction is disproportionate to the stressor, right? So in addition to that, um, if this worry or the stress causes you to be ex in extreme distress, so you're distressed all the time, and if, and this is the key difference between um, feeling anxious or having anxiety and having an anxiety disorder, it's that if um, the distress, the worry, the nervousness um, impedes your daily functioning, then you will realize that, okay, you know what, I might have a problem here. So when it starts to in interfere with your um, most basic daily tasks, when you can't get stuff done because you're just worried and stressed and um, nervous all the time, then, then it becomes a problem. Because normally, even if you're feeling stressed or anxious, you know, you can still function as a normal human being. Even if you're stressed about um, an upcoming exam, you can still put those thoughts aside and focus on studying and study even harder because of the stress, right? But if you're stressed to the point where you can't even study, you know, you're, you're just so worried that you're so like you're paralyzed with fear and anxiety and you're just like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, and you can't even study, then it's interfering with your daily functioning and then it becomes a problem, right? So just a disclaimer, I'm not a mental health professional, not a mental health professional, I'm not trying to diagnose the world, please don't self-diagnose from the things that I'm sharing with you. Um, mental illnesses have to be diagnosed by a mental health professional. You cannot self-diagnose. So if you are worried that something might be going on, please go see a specialist, okay? I'm sharing my experiences just to give a bit of insight into what it's like living with an anxiety disorder. I'm not saying that it's the same for everyone. Very different, manifests very differently in everybody. So yeah, don't... Don't compare my experiences to yours. This is just for inside purposes, <laughs> I guess. So yeah, okay. So what I was diagnosed with is called generalized anxiety disorder, which is um, a type of um, anxiety disorder, right? And I do have a definition of it. Where are my notes? Um, where is this thing? Okay, that is not what I am looking for. Is this the thing I'm looking for? Okay, yeah, this is the thing I'm looking for. <laughs> if you're listening to the audio of this, I'm very sorry. Um, okay, so psychiatry.org defines generalized anxiety disorder, I'm going to call it GAD, um, as a disorder that involves persistent and excessive worry that interferes with daily activities. This ongoing worry and tension may be accompanied by physical symptoms, right? Such as feeling restless, so you know, you're pacing or 
you just you can't sit still you know you're just uh, like yeah you know um feeling on edge so you know you're just jumpy you're nervous like everything just kind of ticks you off um or easily fatigued um difficulty concentrating so you can't concentrate because you have all these thoughts running through your mind muscle tension um problem sleeping because again obviously you're anxious you're overthinking you know your head is not clear enough for you to just fall asleep and then just random bodily aches you know your body just hurts <laughs> i hate that one personally um because it happens to me all the time i'll just like my body will just start hurting like some random muscle and i'll just be like oh my goodness um another one that i experienced and i don't know if um, other people experience this too but it's waves of lightheadedness um, when I'm feeling anxious I just get these waves of lightheadedness and I just need to sit down because I feel so dizzy terrible 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 <laughs> I'm drinking water for those not watching the video <clears throat> okay so and these feelings of fear worry stress nervousness can become all-consuming to the point where you can't function because the only thing that you can think about is the thing that is worrying you, the stressor. Um, and if there's multiple stressors, that's all you're thinking about. You know, it's just running through your mind like a, a thing that hamsters run on, like a wheel, I guess. It's just running through your mind. It doesn't stop. The thoughts just keep coming back, keep coming back. And they're all consuming. And that's all you can think about. And because of that, um, you can't think about anything else, which means you can't do anything else, right? So, um, yeah, yeah, okay, cool. <clears throat> so normally, um, this type of stress and anxiety and fear and panic um, occurs over situations that would not warrant um, such, such a reaction, right? It's usually over normal day-to-day -day things like um, your family, your friends, your job, school, um, I don't know, your health, um, just really basic day-to-day -day things, right? It's not like you're experiencing anxiety over global warming and um, the, the declining value of the rand or um racism or um the 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 war in whatever country right it's <laughs> you might be but my point is it's usually over the most basic things the smallest 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 things that your mind takes and just blows completely out of proportion and then makes you worry about um excessively to no end and it's just overwhelming, all-consuming, excessive, persistent, constant, consistent, never-ending, literally never-ending. Like you can't get rid of those thoughts, you can't shut those thoughts out because they're just in your head, you know. Um, unlike normal people who can, no, not normal people, I don't like that word. Unlike the average person who can um, push their nervousness um, or stress aside and continue studying 
Um, a person with a with an anxiety disorder is not able to push that feeling of stress aside because it's more intense. It's it's more, um, and because of that, it takes up more space and it takes up more energy to just be thinking about these things to the point where you just don't have the capacity to do anything else right so i hope that kind of makes sense and i know i'm explaining the two differences at the like extreme ends of the spectrum so where you're either feeling anxious for a new job or you're experiencing an anxiety disorder to the point where you can't function but obviously there's a whole you know space in the spectrum of people who are kind of on the borderline where um, they experience anxiety more intensely than those on the side but not to the point where it's diagnosable right so um, I'm not saying like I'm not trying to invalidate that middle <laughs> that middle area because people exist you know on that spectrum it's not just normal anxiety and anxiety disorder there is a middle ground but I'm not that's not what I'm talking about today so just acknowledging that that is a thing that I know exists and I'm not ignoring it because I'm not not yeah you get it you get it. anyway so um, that's what that's what um, an anxiety disorder is basically like so I'm gonna use my own experiences um, to explain what it's like what it's been like for me living with an anxiety disorder, right? Now, I'm saying it's the same for everyone else, it's different for everyone else. Um, I just thought it would be good to give examples so that you can understand what I mean when I say, um, you know, this, this, this fear, this worry is all consuming, um, stops you from being a functional human being. Okay, so I'm just quickly going to mention the symptoms of anxiety, uh, generalized anxiety disorder, and then I'm going to jump into my own experiences. So the symptoms include feeling restless, wound up or on edge, I spoke about this, being easily fatigued, having difficulty concentrating or your mind going blank, being irritable, having muscle tension, difficulty controlling feelings of worry, having sleep problems such as difficulty falling asleep, staying asleep, um, restlessness or just getting unsatisfying sleep. So you sleep but you're up and yeah you have terrible dreams and it's just horrible <laughs> basically so i'm just i'm going to share about four examples um of uh what it's been like for me living with an anxiety disorder so the first one um is an example of where i experienced excessive worry and stress which was disproportionate to the size and the nature of the stressor right um <clears throat> So in this case, uh, it was the end of my final year, just finished writing my exams, and then we were told that we would only be getting our results the following January, like towards the end of January. So it was a good month and a half, two months uh, between the time that we finished exams and we were getting our results. And <laughs> let me tell you, that was the worst month and a half of my life, right? Average person would be stressed about getting their results. You know, every now and again, the thought would pop into the head that, oh man, what if I failed? Oh, what if I failed this course? What if I didn't 
um, answer this question correctly or uh, you know you think about things that you could have done differently you know like it's normal it's normal to feel stressed because you want to pass and you want to get good results right but and then and then you would still be able to function so you would still be able to go out with your friends you'd still be able to wake up and shower and eat um, you still be able to hang out with your family, talk on the phone, watch videos, find things funny, laugh, and just be a normal human being with the occasional panic of um, not passing your exams, right? <laughs> For me, it was the complete opposite. I was not a functional human being. The level of stress, worry, anxiety, fear that I experienced was so severe that when I did finally get my results and you know I felt relief my body completely shut down she just she she packed it up and she said shop brew my body shut down like that's how bad that's how bad my experience was for that month and a half so what happened you might ask I couldn't sleep right I sleep using sleeping pills um, but even with my sleeping pills I struggled to sleep which is so wild right I couldn't eat I constantly perpet persistent what is the word that I'm looking for that whole time I just had a knot in my, I would wake up with a knot in my stomach, I would have a knot in my stomach the whole day and I would struggle to eat. I would have to force myself to eat something and obviously I lost weight. I couldn't do basic things like showering, um, responding to texts, just being a functional human being, interacting with my family and um, just, you know, like being a normal person like I, I literally couldn't do that because I was so consumed with the fear that I had failed um, the stress the, the 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 anxiety the nervousness you know and the thoughts the thoughts were so intense and they were so overwhelming and they never stopped right they never stopped and there was nothing I could do to stop them so there were feelings like oh, what if I failed what could I have done differently um, going back over my um, answer sheets you know because we had done everything online so we had our answer sheets with us copies so I would go over those again and I think no but I could have written this differently I could have written that differently and um, then I would think oh, but if I fail this one course, then I'm going to have to repeat this one course next year. That means I'm going to come back, which means I can't do my master's, which means I'll have to reapply for my master's. But then if I have to reapply for my master's, what if they don't accept me this time around because I failed one course that I had to repeat, which means I won't be able to do my master's, which means I have to apply for a job. But then how can I apply for a job if I failed a course? They're going to look at this and they're going to be like, how could you fail one course out of all of these other courses? It was, so that's what it was like. That's what being in my head was like. It was mad. And that's what, it, it was just thoughts that were running through my head the whole day, the whole day, just going, going, spiraling, spiraling, spiraling. And it never, ever stopped. I could not interrupt these thoughts. Like, I, God knows. God knows how hard I tried to get out of my own head. I would... 
um, try to watch a movie um, but then in the end I would end up switching off the movie because it was um, annoying me right because I was I was I was in my head and these thoughts were going through my head but then I'm also listening to the TV and instead of the TV distracting me um, from my thoughts it was like the TV was annoying me and I, I, I just wanted to experience my overthinking in peace right so that's what would happen i would just have these thoughts constantly racing through my head all day even when i was around people i wasn't as social and i'd just be sitting there thinking these thoughts you know and i think that's one of the most interesting things about anxiety and um depression and all other mental illnesses but anxiety specifically because you could be sitting in a group with your friends um, and you look fine, you know, you're just sitting there drinking your water, but in your head you're thinking, oh my god, I'm going to fail, and how am I going to explain this to my parents, how am I going to apply for a job, who's going to accept me for a job since I failed, now I'm going to have to repeat this course, how am I going to do this differently, I'm not going to have any friends because all my friends would have graduated, oh my goodness, you know, and all of this is running through your head, but you're just sitting there with your friends and you look perfectly normal. So... That's what it was like. Um, these thoughts consumed me day in, day out, and I just, I wasn't functional. I didn't shower, I didn't eat, I didn't sleep, I didn't talk to anyone. Um, I just basically stayed in my room, lay on my bed, um, and sometimes I would just, <laughs> I would just completely zone out. Like I would just lie on my bed and stare at my ceiling for hours and just let these thoughts run through my head because there was nothing that I could do um, to get rid of these thoughts. They were very intrusive. And, you know, obviously through therapy and now everything, I've learned how to manage these intrusive thoughts, but at the time I couldn't. Um, and I also picked up some very bad habits. Um, I started to pull my own hair up. Um, I never bit my nails. That's never been a thing that's, that I've done. But pulling my hair out, um, I did that quite a lot and I used to pull on my piercings so I have about 10 piercings right and I used to pull on them um, to the point where I actually removed them so I don't wear um, the earrings anymore but I do keep this one in um, because I used to pull on them to the point where it would be painful and they would bleed I used to pull out my hair which was terrible because I didn't have hair to pull out you know so that was really bad and um, like I said when the results came out my body just she 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 shut down i um was completely fatigued um so so fatigued emotionally i was numb i didn't feel anything when happy things happened things that would normally make me laugh sorry if you can hear um my dad talking in the background <laughs> Without a mic, it's really hard to just um, focus on the sound of my voice. It picks up like all the different sounds coming from the house. Um, yeah, so my body, my body shut down. I was numb, and um, things that would normally make me happy didn't make me happy anymore. You know, and I had to fake this happiness. And things that would normally make me sad, make me cry, did not make me feel sad anymore. Um, I ended things with my partner, and I felt nothing because my body had had enough. And I did speak about this with my psychiatrist and my psychologist. And my psychiatrist said, um, because my body had been 
secreting this uh, stress hormone that puts you on high alert, that puts you in this position where you're ready to fight or flight. And I had been in this really tense position for the past um, two months. After I came down from that, my body just needed to recuperate and it just said, no, no, we're done. We're done for now. We're not experiencing, <laughs> we're not feeling anything for the next, I don't know, it was a couple of months. It was a couple of months that I was just completely numb. My body just said, we're not experiencing anything anymore. You need to recuperate from that. That's how bad it was. It was like, um, like what? Kind of like how if you go to the gym, right? You're more likely to get a better night's rest. Or like, I don't know, you've been out and about all day doing a lot of whatever, whatever, whatever. You're more likely to be more tired, more exhausted. And you know, you want to sleep sooner than someone who has just been like chilling all day. So that's what it was like. My body had been, you know, responding to the stress hormone when there wasn't even a threat around it. <laughs> and because of that, it just, it just shut down, shut down for a couple of months until about May, I think, um, from, from February to about May, I was just numb. Um, it was really horrible, uh, but that's, I'll talk about that in the episode when I speak about um, medication. So that was, that's the first example where um, uh, mm, the reaction was disproportionate to the size of the stressor. It was waiting for my exam results, you know, it did not need me to just be a non-functional human being. Like I could have still been functional, you know, most people are still functional when they're waiting for their results, you know, you can still carry on, you can still celebrate Christmas, you can still celebrate New Year. For me, I just, I couldn't move. I would just lie on my bed listening to these racing thoughts and yeah, it was, it was really terrible. Okay. So the second um, example um, is where I would have excessive worry about situations that don't exist. So in this case, there was no stressor, like the stressor didn't exist, but my mind made up a stressor and then it made me worry about that stressor. I'm going to give you an example. The classic, the, 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 the example that, <sighs> so this is what I used to experience. I had this very real fear that everyone around me was going to die. Bear with me. It sounds ridiculous, right? Because death is a part of life. You know, and as human beings going out into the world, you're exposed to a certain amount of risk. You know, you might get run over, um, you might get shot, you might get stabbed. That's life. But my fear, right, my fear was ever present, persistent, and it never went away. So say for instance, um, we were all sitting at home, me and my family, right? And then my mom is like, oh, I need to go to the grocery store to um, buy stuff to make the supper, you know? Normal person would just be like, okay, cool. Mom would leave, they wouldn't think about it, you know, it's just whatever. But for me, when my mom said, I'm going out, I would think, oh my goodness, she's going to die. Something is going to happen. Someone's either gonna crash into her car 
or um, someone's going to bump into her and she's going to fall back and she's going to hit her head on the corner of the shelf and then she's going to fall down and she's going to bleed to death or she's going to um, get caught up in an armed car robbery and then she's accidentally going to get shot or she's going to get caught up in a mugging there at spa and she's going to get stabbed or she's going to slip on a wet floor and she's going to fall and she's going to hit her head and she's going to bleed out or 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 so i don't know i don't know where this fear came from but it came and it came like unforgivingly like it was so it was so insane so these are the thoughts that i would have um over and over in my head and they'd just be running through my head until i heard my mom's car come back home so this happened every time someone close to me was um, not near me, right? So someone who I was used to being around was not near me. So it happened mostly when I was at home. And, you know, if someone that I lived with went out or whatever, then that fear would um, come up and I would experience it. And the thoughts would just be running through my mind until the person came back. Um, and then it started to expand. So it went beyond people who were just close to me physically. It started to be about everyone that I cared about, right? So I would just be sitting um, maybe in a lecture, minding my own business, um, you know, listening to my lecturer talk about, um, I don't remember anything I learned in university, honestly. And then my mind would just be like, hmm, you haven't heard from your sister recently. She's probably dead. Or she's probably lying in a hospital somewhere dying or maybe she accidentally injected herself with um, uh, an injection that um, she used on a patient that has some rare blood disease and now she has a rare blood disease or maybe someone has kidnapped her or maybe um, she's I don't know you know and then these thoughts would just come at me all of a sudden and they'd just be rushing into my head. And here I am trying to concentrate and now my mind is being overrun by these fears, these worries. Now I'm worried about my sister. I'm stressed about whether she's dead or not, but it's 10 o'clock and I'm in a lecture, so I can't even reach out to her. So I basically said for 45 minutes, that entire lecture wouldn't even hear a single thing that my lecturer was saying. Would, could not write down notes because now I have this intrusive thought that my sister is dead and that's all I could think about for the next 45 minutes until the lecture was over. Then I could text her and be like, hey, are you alive? <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I would just be like, hey. And then once the person responded, I wouldn't even respond. And that was a really bad habit that I picked up, but it was necessary because I just needed to like soothe my anxiety. So I would just text someone and then they'd respond. I'd be like, oh, they're alive. And then I would stop responding to them because that's the confirmation that I needed. So I had this perpetual, constant fear that everyone in my life was at risk of getting hurt, was at risk of dying, that um, me not being there with them uh, or me not knowing what was going on in their life means that literally anything could be happening. Like they could be drowning, they could be suffocating and I wouldn't know, right? So my mind was inventing these ridiculous scenarios, you know, that may happen, you know, it's, it's possible that like, you know, your family member could get um, held up in, I don't know, some hostage situation and then they die. But that's not something that you think about like every day, right? It's not something that you think about for hours on end until 
you know you literally can't even write notes in class anymore where you're just sitting there looking at the lecturer looking like you're paying attention you know you're sitting there looking at the lecturer but in your mind you're thinking my sister is dead my sister is dead my sister is dead my sister is dead you know <laughs> and yeah so as i was saying my mind created like it invented these stressors stresses that didn't exist stresses that a normal person wouldn't worry about and then it would make me worry about these stressors like you know it would make me think about them over and over and over again until it was all i could think about until i was thinking um about my sister dying and because of that i i couldn't function i couldn't work um i couldn't make food i couldn't shower um i just i couldn't do anything because i'd just be sitting there like shit i'm sorry <laughs> like something's wrong something's wrong i haven't heard from her today or uh, my mom or my friend or whoever right and these thoughts they would come and they just would not go away and it was really horrible so um that was something that i had to deal with for quite some time and even now that fear still exists although it's not so bad you know i've gotten it under control to a certain extent but you know there are times where for instance if my mom asks me to go to the shops with her but i really don't want to and i'm so so tired and you know i've been working the whole day the previous day and i just want to rest um i will convince myself to go with her because i'm thinking what if i don't go with her and then something happens at the shop and there's no one to help her uh what if she slips and falls and um no one's willing to help her you know so that fear that anxiety that something might happen um, will prompt me to act to my detriment in certain situations because my mom is a grown woman she can take care of herself and um, the chances of her I don't know falling and slipping in um, a supermarket are super low but because in my head it seems like it's very likely then I'll be like okay I'll go with her even though I'm tired even though I'm exhausted you know so that's what that was like basically um, inventing stresses in my head <laughs> stresses that did not exist um yeah so that's that's the second example the third one um was is well was is what is no, no, no. um paranoia so um i think a lot of us experience paranoia every now and again you know, it's not an abnormal thing to experience where um, you might think that someone is following you or um, you might think that, you know, you see something in the dark um, or something like that, you know. But my paranoia um, was excessive, right? So, sorry, just gonna take a sip of water. So the thing that I was paranoid about was that Someone from my childhood um, who caused me childhood trauma. Don't worry, I haven't spoken about this yet, so you haven't missed anything. But um, yeah, someone from my childhood who caused me childhood trauma um, was out there trying to kill me now. <laughs> um, because obviously um, I had eventually built up the courage and I told my parents about it and they had kicked this person out of the house and you know they had just been like ostracized and whatever and you know I had this guilt that you know I had ruined this person's life but that's just um survivor's guilt I don't know I think that's what they call it uh 
um, and I did speak about it with my psychologist, how, you know, sometimes you feel guilty because you feel like you've ruined someone's life by coming forward, but then um, you don't think about how much they've ruined your life, you know, the fact that you're in therapy and, you know, you have a mental illness and, you know, what about that? <laughs> so I had this very real fear that um, this person from my childhood was going to come and find me and kill me for ruining their life, right? And I don't know where it came from. Well, I do know where it came from, but it just came, right? And at first it was like every now and again, but then the thoughts became more recurring, um, more present, more persistent, more present in my head to the point where I started to have nightmares about it. Um, I thought about it so often that I started to have nightmares about this person finding me and stabbing me um, or shooting me or killing me and killing my family. Um, and it was, it was a very, like my mind made it into such an imminent threat like such a real threat that could occur at any time that it completely affected how I lived my life. So I stopped going out. I stopped leaving my apartment. Um, I went through a point where I just never went out and I would only go out if I had to. And I would be so paranoid, you know, I would be looking around and I would see someone and I would think that it was him and I would freak out, walk in the opposite direction and I was just, on high alert all the time. Stop going out, like just minimized going out at all. There was a period where I didn't leave my house for two weeks, did not leave my house once, like for a period of two weeks. Not because of COVID, just because I was paranoid, you know, and I stopped posting on social media because I was afraid that um, this person would figure out where I was um, through my social media and they'd be able to find me. Um, and then they would find me and then they would kill me. So I stopped posting on social media. I just, I became paranoid. I, I, I didn't want to be, um, visible, findable, you know, I, I was, I was really scared. Like I was genuinely scared that this person was going to find me and kill me. And the thing about anxiety is that your mind takes a threat that doesn't even exist um, and it makes it into something that feels so present so imminent like it's gonna happen tomorrow it's gonna happen now like if I just step out of my house at this moment this person will be waiting for me at the gate with a gun you know and um, this threat feels like what it feels like when you're face to face with a lion but then the thing is that it's an illusion because it's not a real threat. Unlike you being face to face with a lion, you have a real threat standing in front of you. Whereas with anxiety, your mind takes something that's not a threat and it makes it a threat, right? So that was I was I was paranoid and I was scared. I was constantly, constantly scared. You know, my curtains were closed. I just was skeptical of everyone and everything and I just I it was horrible and obviously because of that it interfered with my functioning because I couldn't leave the house um, I didn't I didn't see my friends I didn't go out to do groceries um, I just became 
this little reclusive person who stayed in the house all the time and this fear would just paralyze me. I wouldn't be able to work. I wouldn't be able to function because I was just so afraid all the time. I was paranoid. And that's actually where my fear of the dark developed. Uh, because I was afraid that, you know, if I'm sleeping and it's dark and this person comes in, I won't see them coming and they'll hurt me. So um, I started sleeping with the light on and, you know, it, it brought kind of comfort because I'd think, okay, you know, if he's with the light on, I'd be able to see this person coming and maybe I can defend myself. And it's so funny because it just, it, it, the, the fear of the dark came from this invented threat in my head that doesn't even exist. And to this day, I'm still afraid of the dark because of that. So anxiety just kind of messes up your life in a way that's just so, so, so ridiculous. So that's the paranoia that I experienced. And it eventually evolved into just a general fear that there was someone out there who was after me, you know, someone out there who was trying to kill me. Now, imagine being a person who's just, you know, living their life day to day, you know, just going to the shops, going to school, going to work. You're not thinking, oh my goodness, there might be someone out there who's trying to kill me. Oh my goodness, someone might be following me. Oh my goodness, what if they're looking at me right now? But that's what I felt. That's, that's what I felt I when I was outside that's what I was experiencing I would just be so scared you know like oh my goodness oh my goodness oh my goodness you know so that's what that's what that having paranoia in the context of um an anxiety disorder felt like you know it was just really intense made it difficult to just be a functional human being which sucked big time and then the last one, I was going to talk about panic attacks, but we are um, getting to an hour. So I'm just going to talk about this. My last um, fear, which, um, how do I say this? It was, it's been something that's um, Kind of been a consistent fear throughout my entire um, mental health journey and that's been the fear of not getting better right um, and I think anyone with any illness not just mental illness experiences this at some point you know you're afraid that uh, all this medication all of this stuff that you're doing is not working and you're not getting better and with mental illness specifically it's difficult because um, you're on medication and you're in therapy and these two processes are quite slow um, in the sense that um, there's no guarantee that the first medication that they put you on is going to work right so normally you have to cycle through different medications different combinations of medications before you can find the right combination that works for you and the process is slow you know it's not that um you'll be on three medications and then you feel like you're not getting better and then your psychiatrist will just push those three out and introduce um three different ones no they will taper the first one reduce it slowly and then stop it and then see how you do on these two and then if you're still not better they will taper the second one and then stop it and see how you're doing on this one and only if you're not managing on this one then will your psychiatrist consider changing it so it's a very slow 
process it's a very much trial and error until you find the cocktail of drugs that works for you and i mean when did i get diagnosed in march 2019 and it was only towards the end of last year um the end of 2021 uh, more than two years later almost three years later that i finally found a combination of drugs that worked for me but i'll speak about this in my medication episode and in addition to that you're in therapy where you see your therapist for 50 minutes a week once a week so in between those two 50 minute sessions a lot could happen right and then in your next session you have to decide whether you want to speak about your past your childhood trauma or if you want to speak about um, the fight that you got into with your colleague yesterday you know it's impossible to fit everything into those short 50 minute sessions so the process is very slow that's what i meant by those two processes are very slow so at many points in my journey i just felt like i wasn't getting better you know because the medication wasn't working i still felt down therapy felt like it wasn't working because we solved one issue only for me to pick up five more issues during the week and then try to figure out at least three of those issues but maybe only end up speaking about some other random issue and then you know it was like two steps forward ten steps back it was just it was messy you know so oftentimes I would genuinely feel like I wasn't getting better I would feel like I'm wasting my time talking to this therapist because nothing is happening and life just keeps getting worse and I'm not learning the skills that I need and on top of that the medication wasn't working so I'd still be crying and uh, you know just sad and miserable and uh, terrible and because of that you know I had this fear in my head and this fear was affirmed by what I was seeing um, happen in my life you know and because of that the fear just kept growing and growing and growing to the point where I would be so consumed by this fear that I'm not getting better that I would just think what's the point and I wouldn't do anything because I'd just be thinking I'm not getting better anyway so I just stopped going to school I stopped attending lectures I stopped working doing the work that i needed to do i just, just stopped eating stopped showering all i could do was sleep and then got to a point where it was so detrimental that i just stopped taking my medication because i thought there's no point this medication is not doing anything which is not true as i learned that the medication was doing a lot because when i stopped my medication i ended up in the er Skinmer, do not stop your medication without your psychiatrist say so do not it is a bad idea bad 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 idea don't do it um i would stop my medication and obviously that would not end well or i would overdose on my medication so that i could just sleep so that i wouldn't feel anything and i would just you know just be miserable and that's what it was you know it was it was really terrible um and it's sad that um you know this fear um felt so real so so real you know even though i was taking my medication and going to therapy and all of those things um i mean now obviously i've seen improvements like i can i can see the improvement and because of that um 
you know, that fear is kind of in the back of my mind, but it's there. Um, so that kind of scares me a little because I'm thinking, what if, you know, this medication stops working and then I'm going to fall back into that fear again, you know, and it's just, yeah, like, you know, um, everything that I've spoken about today, um, the, the fear, the stress, the nervousness is just like, it grows to the point where it's the only thing that you can think about. Um, it takes up all the space in your head. Um, it's the only thing you can focus on and you can't focus on anything else. You can't work, you can't shower, you can't eat, you can't interact with people because you're just in this state of perpetual stress and nervousness and anxiety that you just cannot function. So that's, that's what having an anxiety disorder is like for me. So yeah, in, in, in the situation of, um, let me think, maybe you have a, you have a presentation, right? Someone who experiences anxiety at normal levels, normal levels of anxiety would feel anxious. You know, I'm presenting to my boss and people that work above me, I'm nervous, but then that will encourage me to work harder and to prepare and to, you know, try to learn my notes off by heart instead of reading off cue cards. Where on the other hand, um, someone with an anxiety disorder would feel so stressed about this upcoming presentation that they become so paralyzed and they can't even work because all they're thinking about is what if this goes badly? What if it goes so badly that they fire me? What if it goes so badly that they demote me and or um, they make me work with someone that I don't like or they move me to a different office or 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 and these thoughts they just consume you and you can't even prepare for the presentation that when the presentation comes you're unprepared and your fears are affirmed so that's what the difference um, would look like I hope that makes sense um, yeah so that's yeah that's that's pretty much it um, I, I guess I was just trying to show how um, those feelings of anxiousness can be so detrimental to your well-being and that's when you should be worried that's when you should be like okay I need to go see a mental health professional when your feelings of anxiety interfere with your day-to-day -day functioning that's when you should be worried but if you feel nervous every now and again, you know, you feel stressed every now and again, you feel anxious every now and again, it's not a bad thing. You know, situations do um, bring up these feelings and it's not bad to feel stressed every now and again. It's bad if that stress, that fear um, stops you from being a functional human being, then you should be worried, is my point. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely doing better now. Um, I've learned a very important skill, mindfulness, which is being present in the moment or just being in the present. So instead of thinking about the future, what if, or thinking about the past, oh, what could I have done differently? You just focus on the present moment. You say, I'm here now, I'm in the present. What can I do now? And then you focus on that. And it's really hard. It's really hard um, living in the present because 
I think at all times we're always stressed about what's going to happen next or something that has happened uh, and we're thinking, oh my goodness, what could I have done differently, you know, but once you master that skill of living in the present, your life will be so different because you will not be stressed um, or, well, not you won't, you won't be as stressed or as anxious as you would be if you were constantly worrying about the future and the past, is my point. So yeah, if you are also living with an anxiety disorder, please share your experiences with me. I would definitely like to hear what your overthinking looks like, um, what it feels like for you, um, just, you know, life, how, how life has um, been for you uh, living with, a, with um, an anxiety disorder. And also just, just be careful. Um, just be careful of the posts that you see on Instagram, things that you read, um, things that are like things you didn't know were anxiety, you know, because those posts might make you think that there's something wrong with you because you're experiencing anxiety, but there isn't, you know, there's nothing wrong with experiencing anxiety every now and again, you know, because that's life. Like I said, emotions are like a wave. They come and they go and that's okay. So yeah, if you're worried that there might be something wrong, then go see a mental health professional. Don't self-diagnose based on a couple of posts on Instagram, please, please. <laughs> it's sad. Um, so yeah, I hope that was insightful. Um, I think this episode turned out better than the first one that I shot. So see you guys next time. Um, next time I think I'm going to talk about panic attacks because um, I wanted to speak about that today, but running out of time so that was not smooth see you next time bye <laughs>